This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You are back with the Six Man Show with your boy, Jonathan. It is December 15th, 2019. I'm recording this just after 2 o'clock p.m. The Orlando Magic are set to take on the New Orleans Pelicans at the Smoothie King Center, something, Smoothie King Arena, whatever it is, uh, in New Orleans today. At Does that game start at 3 or 3.30? I honestly have no idea. I probably need to figure that out right now. Um, because if this show is going to go longer than an hour, um, I'll be in trouble with the game. Nope. Game starts at 3.30, so we've got plenty of time here on the six-man show. I think I've got a great show planned for you guys today. As always, if you're listening to this uh, in the car on Monday morning on your way to, from work, whatever, hope you guys enjoy the show. So uh, first things first, uh, the holidays are quickly approaching. Did want to just wish everybody you know, a happy holiday. doesn't matter what uh, what holiday you celebrate. I want to wish you a good one. I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy that. Enjoy time with your family. Um, you know, we, we take a lot of that stuff for granted, but especially this time of year, it's just so important to just appreciate your friends, your family, um, you know, all the good things that are going on you know, in, in your life. Uh, so yeah, just don't take that stuff for granted and, and just take some extra time over the next couple of weeks to really think about that stuff and, and really appreciate that stuff. Um, Let's take a couple, you know, care of a couple of household things, uh, some housekeeping things, rather, household things. You guys don't live at my house, so don't worry about it. Uh, but February 1st, 2020, that Saturday, uh, the Orlando Magic are set to take on the Miami Heat. Uh, the six-man show, we're trying to get a group, um, as many people as we can, together to go to that game, have a great time, make a lot of noise, drown out those whack Heat fans. Uh, so if you'd like to join us, if you want to sit with us, you can go to the com backslash beat the heat. Click register. It'll bring you to a page uh, through the Orlando Magic that they've helped us set up uh, that you can purchase your ticket so that we can all try uh, to sit together. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. If you have not, please check out the sixmanshow.com backslash shop. Uh, we've revamped the shop recently. We have a lot of cool uh, original designs on there, hats and T-shirts. would love for you guys to, to pick up uh, some stuff there. All right, let's get right into it. So I really want to lead today's show uh, with just announcing the fact uh, and, and just kind of appreciating DJ Augustine, right? So um, last night, uh, Brother Martin High School, the, the high school that, that DJ Augustine uh, went to in New Orleans, I believe uh, prior to Katrina hitting, um, and then he, I believe his family had to relocate uh, to Houston during his junior or senior year of high school. But um, either way, uh, Brother Martin High School in New Orleans last night retired DJ Augustine's number 14 jersey. It's a it's a huge honor. I believe he's the, the first alumni in that school, in that program's history to have a number retired. So congratulations, DJ. It's well-deserved. Um, I know he's been catching a lot of flack and a lot of heat from Magic fans uh, recently. Uh, looking at some of the uh, the advanced numbers, like you know his net rating, the on and off the court stuff, uh, he may not be having as much of a um, statistical impact uh, as some of us initially thought. I'll have to do some more digging and diving into that to to get you know some more um, evidence of this. But uh, at times, it just doesn't look like the offense is flowing all that well with DJ on the floor. But he's caught a lot of crap this season um, for his play. I'm not going to argue right now whether or not that's deserved, but um, this honor is 
DJ is very deserving of it. Uh, from all accounts, absolutely great guy, a great locker room guy. Obviously, he was a, a great high school and collegiate player. Now, you know, he's had a very steady NBA career. Uh, it's also great to see all of his teammates that came out um, to that ceremony and, and were there to, to share that with him and celebrate that with him. Um, one thing that you can say about this team is, for the most part, not everybody is best friends, but they do seem like they have great chemistry. They seem like everybody you know gets along for the most part. Uh, so good on DJ. Congratulations, you know, for your retirement, uh, your Jersey retirement, at least uh, your professional retirement. We can't really speak to that right now, but um, but also good on you know the Orlando Magic staff and the and the players for for showing up uh, for their buddy. So that's awesome. All right, let's get cracking, y'all. Let's get into this week, what I am deeming as what should be the toughest week of the regular season schedule. We're looking at Milwaukee. We're looking at the Lakers, and we're looking at Houston, right? So let's jump right into the game against Milwaukee Monday night. Um, Orlando in Milwaukee taking on the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, the team with the, you know, at the that moment in time, they still might be tied for the best record in the NBA uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, but they at the time that we play them, they're both 21-3, and three, um, sitting atop, you know, the, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference respectively. So, um, so let's, let's just look at really the, the facts of the game here. Uh, so early in this one, Orlando actually held an 18 to 17, uh, point lead, uh, in the, not an 18 to 17 point lead. They held a one point lead, uh, at 18 to 17 in that first quarter when the bench took over Milwaukee instantly goes on a 14 to zero run. And then the magic starters, once they came back in, uh, they played pretty much even for the rest of the half. Milwaukee was up 12 at halftime. Late in the third quarter, Terrence Ross gets hot. Nine points in the final six minutes of the quarter, and the Magic were down just seven going into the fourth, and the Magic just could not get enough stops in that fourth quarter. They fall 101 to 110. Not going to go into too much detail now, guys. Um, It's been basically a week since that game, so everybody kind of knows the stories, Uh, but I would like to mention the fact that Evan Fournier had 26 points, shot four of eight from the three-point line. Terrence Ross added 23 points, shot four of six from the three-point line. Steve Clifford, after the game, pointed again to the, the team's lack of physicality and being out-rebounded, uh, which are really two trends that have kind of continued this entire year in Orlando Magic losses. Um, it, it's frustrating at times because we all meant, you know, we, we saw that 21 uh, and nine run to end the season last year. We know uh, the the capability, the level that this team, um, you know, the potential that this team has to play well uh, when they do what they're supposed to do and play the way that they're supposed to play with purpose, uh, with attention to detail, paying attention, you know, to defensive rotations, making sure they're on top of those things, playing with a level of physicality, um, especially you know focusing on defensive rebounding and things like that. But uh, when this team kind of um, especially lately with some of the offensive outbursts that we had, um, when this team kind of loses sight of what they need to do on a night-in and night-out basis, uh, it's very easy for the, for them to lose uh, games like this, especially when you're talking about an opponent uh, the caliber of you know Milwaukee as well. So uh, the Magic really did have a chance uh, to win this game, especially in that fourth quarter. Um, you know, I, I believe they scored 28 points in that fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Played well enough to win the game offensively, uh, but just could not get enough stops 
um, you know, on the other end of the floor in order to close the gap uh, and really make Milwaukee sweat in the last few minutes of that game. G Castro, my buddy from Orlando Magic Nation, uh, is in the building in the Twitch chat. What's going on, man? Thanks for tuning in, as always. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, but let's move on to the Lakers. So I've, I've got a little bit more um, to talk about as far as it comes to the Lakers. But a couple of quick things. So uh, once again, no Nikola Vucevic as he missed his 10th consecutive game with that right lateral ankle sprain, whatever they want to call it. Uh, we'll talk more about Vucevic in just a moment here. A lot of people that are listening have already heard the news. I don't want to spoil it. Well, to heck with it. If you're listening to this on Monday, you know anyways. Vuce, our all-star, is back tonight. Thank God. It's been a long 10 games without him. Uh, what do we go four and six or or something like that uh, I, I honestly haven't even looked um, that's just kind of off the top of my head but um yeah Vucevic is back tonight against New Orleans uh, a team that has been struggling so far uh, to start the year uh, so hopefully Vuce coming back is going to inject some life back into the starting lineup um, we'll talk Birch versus Bamba towards the end of the podcast today uh, but Bamba will be back uh, you know, obviously he's been the reserve center this entire time, but essentially Birch is going to be moving back to the bench, which in my opinion really is a good thing. But we're playing against a struggling New Orleans Pelicans team today, uh, just 6-20 and 20, uh, to start the year, which um, a lot of people, you know, is surprising some folks. Some people pegged them uh, to make a legitimate run at an eighth seed this year in the Western Conference playoffs. Uh, myself included, I thought they had a legitimate shot, but uh, hopefully – uh, the Magic, after losing three straight, can get back on track in the win column as Vucevic is coming back from injury. Also, against, let's go back to the Lakers. Uh, no Markel in this one was uh, having some issues with a stomach virus. I don't know if it was you know, coming out of the front or going out of the back end. Sometimes it's both getting a little bit too graphic, uh, but that's what a stomach virus is, right? Like we've all been there. And if you're really dealing with that, like if you're, you know, I'm not going to go into detail, but if you're really dealing with that, it's almost impossible to play basketball. So, uh, but no Markel Fultz. Uh, in this game, I really felt like one of was one of the biggest missed opportunities of the year. Um, not just because of the fact that we really should have had a better chance to win this game, but also just given the opponent, the current state of our roster, you know, injury-wise, the way the Orlando Magic played for essentially three quarters, uh, we really should have had a much better chance to win this game. So Magic score only nine points in the opening quarter on a combined 4 of 21 from the from the floor for just 19%. Now let me break that down. Evan Fournier shot 3 of 5 from the floor. Wes Awundu was 1 of 3 from the floor. And Aaron Gordon was 1 of 2 from the free throw line. That accounted for all of the Orlando Magic's offense in that first quarter. Um, Magic get outscored 9 to 26, or was it 28? I, can't, I just went over all of this. Why, why am I messing up on this now? Anyways... Nine points, 17, they were down 17 after the first quarter. You do the math. I've said over and over on this podcast, I'm not great at math, so take it for what it is. The Magic were getting killed after the first quarter because they could not score the freaking basketball. Nine points in the first quarter is just not going to get it done. Um, did bounce back, outscored uh, the Lakers in each of the final three quarters. Uh, the Magic were down 51-38 to 38 at halftime. Orlando outscored L.A. 27-18 to 18 in the third. The Magic fight all the way back to tie the game at 71 with 10 minutes, 30 seconds to go. L.A. then immediately goes on a 10-0 to zero run. The Magic come back again. 
cut the lead to five with just over three minutes to play. And then we've been talking about this all season, just this problem that the Magic have had. And at this point, I think it's a philosophical issue with the Orlando Magic, with Steve Clifford, the way that he wants them uh, to, to play defense and the way they um, attack, you know, paint touches, especially when it's uh, elite, you know, post players uh, like an Anthony Davis. So uh, in the closing minutes, the Orlando Magic overhelp on AD in the post twice. One led to a wide open uh, Kentavious Caldwell Pope three-pointer in the left short corner. Another led to an open LeBron James three. They used those to extend the lead to 11, and the game was all but over at that point. Contavious Caldwell, Pulp, and Jared Dudley killed us uh, whenever it felt like the Magic were gaining momentum. They shot 7 of 11 from three on the game, but the Magic shoot fifty over 50% uh, over the final three quarters, actually no, exactly 50% over the final three quarters, but fall 96 to 87. Jonathan Isaac in this one, 19 points, eight rebounds, shot two of three from the three-point line. He held Anthony Davis to six of 20 from the floor for just 16 points, which was his third lowest scoring output of the season and his lowest field goal percentage in any performance this entire season. We've been talking about Jonathan Isaac all season, guys, Um, just how great he's been uh, defensively. He's made strides offensively as well. Uh, It seems like every single game, more and more people are pining uh, for Steve Clifford to run more through Jonathan Isaac offensively. I don't know if I'm quite there yet. I feel like he makes really good use of his opportunities when he tries to do too much. Um, He does have a tendency to turn the ball over more frequently. Um, I would like to see him get more post touches. I just feel like that turnaround jumper right up there with, I mean, maybe it's not at the KD level just yet, uh, but it's basically unguardable, right? With his size, uh, his length, he turns around and and there's just no getting to that turnaround jump shot. So I would like to see um, some more of that from Jonathan Isaac, uh, but I, I don't know if we're at the point yet where necessarily uh, Clifford needs to run more offense you know, specifically for Jonathan Isaac. I could be completely wrong yet, but me personally, I'm just not there yet. I feel like when you're running plays for a guy, um, if you're not getting him a wide open look, he needs to have the ability to break a guy down, uh, you know, offensively one-on-one, you know, either if it's through posting up or off of the dribble and be able to get to the rim. And and Jonathan, he's getting much better, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think I'm at the point yet where I'm comfortable with him uh, if he needs to break guys down uh, one-on-one off of the dribble, you know, from the perimeter. But he is definitely, definitely getting there. Uh, In this one, Clifford largely attributed the loss to the poor poor first quarter. Once again, when you're shooting, um, you know, what was it, 4 of 21 in that first quarter, that's not that's not going to get it done. You're almost always going to put yourself in a hole um, that a lot of times you may not be able to, to climb out of. And this was really, it just felt like a case of the Magic being poor, you know, um, making poor decisions, being careless with the basketball, um, and then just not knocking down shots. Now, L.A., for the most part of the season, have been uh, one of, if not the best defensive team in the NBA, um, you know, a quarter through the season so far. But it didn't feel really like L.A. was, you know, suffocating the magic it didn't feel like we're when we're going back to you know games two three four and five uh of the toronto raptors orlando magic series last year where it just felt like no matter what the magic did they could not create space they could not get quality looks at the rim um 
even you know they 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 struggled getting open three point opportunities. It didn't really feel like this in that first quarter. Uh, first quarter uh, with the Lakers, they played you know very sound, solid defense, but by no means was it suffocating uh, to justify the fact for the Magic to score nine points in the first quarter. And then um, given that poor first quarter, the Magic only end up with 38 points, um, you know, after uh, an entire half of basketball. Just in today's NBA, most times that's not going to be enough to get it done. But throughout the, you know, the course of the game, the Magic did play uh, at times stellar defense, um, on the Los Angeles Lakers, it's evident in the fact that, that we held them to 96 points. Uh, so far on the season, I was just looking at this, I think the Magic are 29th um, in, in offensive points per game, uh, but we're second in the league in opponents' points per game. So if we can get that offense to keep, keep, keep ticking up and, and get it back to, um, you know, the, the 20 to, to 15 range on the season, you know, I think we should be doing pretty well, yeah. 29th point, 29th in points per game, second in um, opponents' points per game. We rank 23rd in assists per game. I definitely think, uh, given you know the the style of offense that we have to play um, and Steve Clifford's offensive philosophy, that number also needs to come up as well. And then right now we're 16th in rebounds per game. That's another thing uh, that that needs to we need to come up you know closer to the top 10 in rebounding per game. That's something that Steve Clifford and also myself I've been harping on these guys uh, you know all season. Given their their length, uh, their athletic ability, all that stuff, uh, this team really should be one of the best rebounding teams in the league. There's no reason that we should not be, um, and, and that that is something that absolutely 100% needs to uh, improve. Uh, is if this team is going to have you know long term success and if we're really going to make a push for the playoffs. All right. Enough about L.A., um, and we could really stop talking about the entire week there, right? We all know what is coming up next. Uh, let's see. From Hank Goddard in the Twitch chat, I'm new to Orlando, and my goal is to be a true Blue Magic fan. What's something I need to understand about the franchise past before I can call myself a supporter? Well, this is the thing with me, right? The Orlando, Nobody is good. At this point of the season, if you're new to Orlando, first of all, welcome to Orlando. Uh, if you're listening to the show for the first time, I myself, I don't live in Orlando. I live about an hour north of Tampa, so I'm about two hours-ish away from Orlando. Um, but this is the thing that I'll say uh, to, to Hank before we start to talk about the abomination that was Friday night. Um, nobody at this point uh, in the game is going to accuse you of being a bandwagon fan of the Orlando Magic. Had you jumped on the bandwagon at the beginning of the season, uh, we may have called you a bandwagon fan. There are some bandwagon fans. And listen, we welcome bandwagon fans. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, but this point in the game, um, really the only thing that you need to do to be an Orlando Magic supporter uh, is is follow the, you know follow the team, watch the games. Um, I would recommend definitely making a Twitter account if you haven't made a Twitter account. Um, you know if you follow us uh, and let us you know follow the Six Man Show um, at Six Man Show on Twitter. Send us a tweet saying, "Hey, um, I'm a new Orlando Magic fan. I'm looking to get in touch uh, with some other fans here on Twitter. You have come to the right place. We'll retweet that. We'll get the word out. Um, there's a really great Orlando Magic Twitter uh, community um, 
everybody, for the most part, gets along. Uh, there are some differences in opinions. There are some toxic people out there. Uh, but as far as the community that we interact with, you know, on a regular basis, um, everybody is very welcoming. We're always encouraging people to join the family. Um, and, it, and it goes more than basketball, right? Like if there's, you know, family issues or um, just anything going on, a celebration, um, somebody has a kid or something, we're all really good about um, either getting behind and giving people support um, or celebrating them in, in whatever is going on. If, you know, you had a, a promotion at work or, um, you, had, you know, if you just had a kid or anything like that. Um, yeah, that, that's what I would say. Really get involved in either the Twitter uh, or the Reddit Orlando Magic community. Both are really great. Um, and then definitely, you know, get into to watching uh, the games on a normal basis. The thing you need to know about the Orlando Magic past is that we have been scorned by success. We've gotten to the NBA Finals twice, lost both times. Uh, we've had big, you know, free agents. Well, not free agents, but big stars uh, leave the team for the Los Angeles Lakers twice with Dwight Howard, with Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, we've had players that are supposed to be these great uh, franchise-saving players um, that have just been bitten by the injury bug time and time again. Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, Tracy McGrady. Um, so, yeah, the Orlando Magic, and we definitely have like a um, – like a some kind of like attention uh, complex. If we're not significant and we're not relevant in the national media, uh, we we get pretty salty about that for sure. And uh, Jazzo Best, he is saying I'm speaking nothing but the truth about the Orlando Magic Twitter community. So yeah, man, absolutely no problem. Yeah, if you guys are listening on Twitch, if you have any questions or any comments, please feel free to enter them uh, into the Twitch chat. That's kind of what makes this whole thing a lot of fun. Um, the, the reason that I'm really doing this on Twitch is because, um, one, it kind of gives you like that visual aspect, which I think is really cool when we do the podcast, um, but it gives us that live kind of back and forth. So if I say something and you you don't agree with me, please let me know. I would lo I'd love to go back and forth with you guys here on the Twitch chat. Okay, so moving on to Friday night night against Houston. Full disclosure, I feel like this is my fault, right? So what number what number of uh game was this in the season? So this was our 25th game on the season. So 24 games to start the season, I was either at cuz I was at the the home opener or I've watched every single second of every single game. Excuse me, I had a little bit of barbecue earlier today and the uh, I'm getting the barbecue burps now. You don't really need to know that, but now you know. Um so those, uh, you know, 24 games I was either at or I watched every single second of from start to finish. This was the first game all season that I did not sit down and watch live from start to finish. Uh, my wife's company had a Christmas party and we were at that for most of the evening. So had the game on in the background and I was paying attention the entire time, but I, I couldn't just sit there, ignore everybody else at the party and watch that game. Um, as much as I would have liked to watch every second of that game, that would just be rude and not cool, and that's just not a cool thing to do at a Christmas party, right? You have to socialize and all that stuff. But I do feel like part of this is my fault. So what I want to say about this game, right, normally I do my best. I'm not an analyst, right? Let's, let's get that out of the way, okay? I'm not an analyst, but I do my best to try to cover these games uh, for people that, for whatever reason, like listening to us, like listening to my voice, uh, talk about these games, 90% of what we talk about is the stuff that happens on the basketball court. So if I don't go over the games, then why are you listening to me, right? Anyways, usually I try to do a pretty good job analyzing these games, going over them, breaking them down, whatever. This game, 
This is what I wrote down. Just throw this game in the garbage, right? All you need to know is that the Magic got killed, right? What do we lose? 130 to 107. Houston shot 56% from the three-point line for the entire game, okay? James Harden was 10 of 15 from the three-point line. Ben McLemore, okay? Ben McLemore was 6 of 7 from three. The Magic did not play particularly poorly. Houston just could not miss the entire night. Once I got home, you know, just before midnight uh, from the the holiday party, I sat down. You know, I have Hulu, um, so I was able to, you know, DVR the game and watch the entire game from start to finish when I got home. We did not play particularly poorly, right? However, it is such a weird feeling, like me reading the box scores after the game, um, looking at the team stats, knowing that Houston shot you know, 56% from the three-point line. When I got home and watched this game, it's the weirdest feeling in the world watching a basketball game and knowing basically every other time that Houston took a three that it was going in. That's just logic, right? They shot over 50% from the floor, for, from three and from the floor, I believe, in this game. Um, but every single time they shot that ball, there was a 50-50 chance it was going in. That's just a strange feeling to have when you're watching a basketball game. James Harden with 54 points. I believe this was his second straight game scoring over 50 points. Um, I really don't have a lot of insightful things to say about this game. We just simply got destroyed. I mean... What are you going like? There's just not a whole lot that you're going to be able to do when a team is shooting the ball that well. Um, I mean, let's let's just go through some of the team stats in this game. You know, the Magic really did not shoot the ball um, that poorly by any means. Pulling up the the team stats here, so the Magic shot 44 percent for for the game, Houston 55. The Magic shot 40 percent. From the three-point line, shot 15 for 37 from the three-point line. Houston, 22 of 39, shot 56%. The Magic even shot more free throws than the Houston Rockets. If you if you go into a game and you're telling me that James Harden is going to shoot six free throws, I would have told you the Magic are going to kill the Rockets. Maybe not kill, but definitely beat the Rockets, right? But once again, Magic were out-rebounded in this game. And Houston also had the advantage in points in the paint and the advantage uh, when it came to fast-break points. So, I mean, games like this, when you look at the the schedule that we had this week, games against Milwaukee, the Lakers, and the Rockets, right? Losing by 23 to the Rockets when they shoot the ball that well, I, I'm I'm not gonna get, you know, all up in my feelings about that game. Even even Steve Clifford at that game, after that game, you know, mentioned uh, that the Magic really didn't play that poorly. It's just James Harden, especially, and and Ben McLemore, uh, even Russell Westbrook when he's knocking down jump shots, you're you're gonna have a tough time beating Houston. 107 points for the Magic. Most nights, we're going to take that. We'll live with that. When a team just shoots that well, there's there's really not a whole lot that you're going to be able to do uh, to, to beat that team. Let me take a sip of water. I'm uh, Throat's getting a little stretchy here. 
Okay. So nobody wants to go three and zero on a given zero uh, and three on a given week, right? Three losses in a row. <clears throat> Not a good time. One thing I do want to bring up this week, something that um, you know, since Vucevic has gone out, obviously it's put a spotlight on that center position. Vuce was playing uh, pretty close to you know his All Star level of last year uh, when he had that injury uh, just about four weeks ago in Toronto when he rolled his right ankle, which thrust Ken Birch into the starting lineup, right? Now, Ken Birch was put into the starting lineup uh, for two reasons, I think. One reason being the fact uh, that, you know, the second unit is still trying to get that chemistry going, get used to each other, all that good stuff. And moving Bamba into that first unit and then Ken Birch into that second unit you're going to disrupt the starters and the bench unit at the same time. And Clifford so far to start the year has shown us that um, if he can if he can help that in any way, uh, he is going to try and limit the disruption of those lineups, you know, given uh, injuries and stuff like that. The other reason being um, we all saw how much better Orlando got and that second unit got last year um, when Ken Birch uh, was moved into that you know, that backup center role after Mo Bamba went down after he was hurt. So those are the two reasons that Birch was implemented into the starting lineup. Um, this season, um, you know, last year, just given guys like Ken Birch coming into the lineup, into the rotation, Michael Carter-Williams coming onto the team, and those guys being the two biggest reasons off of the bench last year as far as the changes that were made um, in January, uh, and Michael Carter-Williams really just the last 11 or 12 games, whatever it was, that helped catapult this team into the playoff picture um, you know, and, and a seven-year playoff drought, right? So everybody's like all over those guys. They love those guys, and we should. Like I will always remember... Ken Birch playing, you know, in that backup role, helping us get into the playoffs. I will always remember Isaiah Briscoe um, replacing Jerry and Grant in that bench unit just taking off. And then once Isaiah Briscoe went down with a knee injury last year, we're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, Michael Carter-Williams, like, I mean, all right, I guess. And then him just being incredible those last few weeks of the season, getting us into the playoffs, taking that hit in the nose from Kyle Lowry, running after the referees uh, in that game in Toronto, blood just dripping down his face, all that awesome stuff. We'll always remember that stuff, right? So to start the year, you know, Mo Bamba, a lot of people have had questions and issues with his motor, um, his motivation, his energy on the court, and deservedly so, right? To start the season, all of those questions were legitimate. So people started to get on the train of, we need to we need to bring in Birch. We need to play Birch over Bamba. Bamba is killing the second unit. Now, I went over this a few weeks ago on Twitter and also on the podcast. When you looked at the numbers, Bamba was actually playing fairly decently, right? Looking at, you know, the advanced metrics and, and all that stuff, um, you know, his net rating, all that stuff. Uh, Bamba wasn't playing as poorly as some people thought. However, once Vucevic went out, people were like, all right, now, I mean, people weren't happy about, you know, Vuce not playing. Um, some people were, I mean, but people were, you know, like, all right, Birch is going to get, you know, some run. And, and people felt like Birch should definitely start over Bamba, myself included. At the time, that was 100% 
the uh, correct decision by Steve Clifford uh, to start Ken Birch. However, this 10-game stretch uh, that Birch has been starting and Bomba's still been in that, that backup center role, it seems like it has become a trend that one, Ken Birch has just been very, very, very underwhelming, right? Uh, rebounding numbers I don't feel like are are quite uh, what they should be or what they could be. Um, you know, he's always going to bring great energy, but last year it, it felt like he got a lot of better looks around the rim. A lot of that admittedly probably has to do with the fact that he was playing with the bench unit and obviously playing now with the starting unit. He's playing against better defenders, higher level of competition, so it's going to be harder for him to score. Uh, but when Birch gets the ball around the rim, he just looks like a deer, uh, a baby deer in headlights. So he has no idea what he's doing with the eyes and the legs are just a wobbling away. Like he's just so unsure of himself. I'm talking figuratively, not literally here, right guys? Um, but just seems completely inept at scoring around the rim um, unless it's a wide open layup or a dunk. If he's got to throw any kind of post move in there, a spin move, um, it's it's just a bad time for everybody involved and it's not it's not effective offense. It's just not what you want. And then when we see Bamba come in, now again, playing against a different level of competition, he looks like he's got a newfound air of confidence, a newfound energy, a motor, if you will. He's he's had games, you know, uh, we talked a few weeks ago. He, he shot five of five from three one night. Um, he had a, a few sequences uh, in Detroit where he was, you know, getting huge man rebounds, uh, blocking shots, running to the rim, all of this great stuff. And at times, especially over, the, I mean, the majority of this last 10-game stretch, Mo Bamba has looked better than Ken Birch. Now, a lot of people on Twitter have shared the same sentiment. I've seen a lot of people that are really, you know, vocal, you know, Ken Birch supporters, especially when he wasn't getting any burn, any playing time, uh, that have gone relatively quiet, right? They're they are not on, you know, hyping up Ken for every little thing, you know, every little positive thing that he does. Uh, and I have some numbers really for us to kind of look at now. Uh, we talked, obviously, that Vooch is going to be coming back today. He is going to be starting. Uh, Fultz is back uh, as well. He did play against Houston the other night, um, and he will be uh, you know, playing. Again, he's over that stomach virus, I guess. So we're back to Markel Fultz, Evan Fournier, um, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, and uh, Nikola Vucevic that are back in um, that starting lineup. Uh, so things are, are kind of getting back to normal. Still missing Al Farouk Aminu off of the bench. So we'll see once again how Steve Clifford is going to manage this bench unit. Hopefully we can get less and less of Michael Carter-Williams and, and DJ being on the floor at the same time, especially if uh, Michael Carter-Williams is going to be off the ball. That's a dead horse. I'm not going to continue to go over that. But but let's look at uh, let's look at, at, at uh, Birch and Bamba's stats over the last ten games. Over the last ten games, Birch has been averaging twenty eight minutes per game, four point nine points, forty eight percent from the floor, seven point two rebounds, one point three blocks, and he has had a net rating of minus eight point seven. Bamba's stats over the last ten games: seventeen minutes per game, seven point eight re- uh, seven point eight points. Excuse me. from the floor, he's shooting 47.8% from three on 2.3 attempts per game, 6.1 rebounds, 
1.6 blocks, has a positive net rating of 6. So in 11 less minutes per game, Bamba is scoring almost 3 more points. He's averaging just 1 less rebound, averaging a 0.3 more blocks, and has a much better net rating. That's a difference of almost, what, 15? That's kind of a big deal. Um, obviously, Bamba also gives you that ability uh, to stretch the floor. He's stepping out, knocking down threes at a very high clip. Uh, and let's look at their per 36 numbers a, a, as well. So this is the the numbers or the um, projected numbers for these guys if they were playing 36 minutes per game. So Ken Birch, 6.8 points per game, 8.9 rebounds, 1.2 blocks. Mo Bamba's per 36 numbers would be 12.9 points per game, 11.8 rebounds, 3.3 blocks. So the eye test, the the raw numbers, the advanced metrics, the per 36 stuff, that all tells me that Mo Bamba has been playing significantly better than Birch. Again, I will admit, the level of competition starting back up completely different, right? But I would have loved to see Mo Bamba start on Friday night to see him with Markel, D, uh, Markel, Evan, Jonathan Isaac, and Aaron Gordon. Like, let's get those four guys, those four young guys that we all know and love. We want to see these guys together. I don't think they've ever been on the floor this season at the same time. Uh, let, let's see those guys on the floor together. Let's see what kind of defensive potential and the ability to get out and run and, and space the floor and Markel Fultz with all of that room to operate. Like, let's see that. Give the people what they want. I don't want Vooch to miss another game, but, man, I really want to see those guys in the same lineup at the same time. I feel like that would just be a ton of fun. I feel like that would be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I, I think I... I did miss this. Uh, a couple of things that I wanted to point out as well. So Terrence Ross had a pretty um, shaky start at the beginning of the season. Um, Steve Clifford said that you know he was dealing with some knee soreness. He did miss a game for that. Over Terrence Ross's last 15 games, he's averaging 15.3 points per game, shooting 36% from three. So uh, his averages are creeping back up to where they were last year. That's a very encouraging sign. Now, Evan Fournier, over his last 15 games, FIBA Fournier, 23.3 points per game, shooting 46.9% from the three-point line. That is just absolutely phenomenal absolutely ridiculous. Evan has been on a crazy offensive tear as of late, especially since Vucevic has gone out. Um, so all the Evan Fournier slander still for the time being, no more, none of it. Forget about it. I don't know the French word for goodbye, but I think the Italian word is like Arriva Derci or something like that. So French Arriva Derci to the Fournier slander, whatever Whatever, I, I don't know what the heck I'm saying. I'm uh, I'm kind of rambling at this point. But, uh, yeah, so that's what's been going on this week, guys. Um, we're starting a four-game road trip tonight. We're starting at New Orleans, who are 6-20. and 20. Very winnable game tonight. Uh, let me see if I can take a look at the stat cast here. Uh, yeah, Orlando is favored by one. Man, <laughs> New Orleans is 6-20, and 20 and we're favored by one. That's rough. I don't know if this has been updated if the spread has been updated since uh, Vucevic, since it was announced that he's going to be active tonight. 
but after we play the Pelicans, uh, then we are on to Utah. That is going to be uh, Tuesday night. That's that game is going to be at nine o'clock Eastern time. Magic take on the Jazz, who are fifteen and eleven. Then we are on to Denver. So a back-to-back. So we're at Utah, and then we're at Denver uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night. Denver is 16-8 and eight on the season, so that's going to be a tough one for the Magic to try to pull out. Uh, and then we turn around. We're at Portland on Friday. That game is going to start 10 o'clock. Man, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, those are going to be some late nights for us East Coast folks. But the Portland Trailblazers uh, have really struggled to start the season so far. They are 10-16. and 16. They've been playing a little bit better as of late since they've added Carmelo Anthony to the roster. Um, but they are not playing uh, up to the expectations uh, that a lot of people had on them uh, to start the season, especially after making the Western Conference Finals last year. So, yeah, guys, that's pretty much all that I have for today. Coming up in about 15 minutes, the Orlando Magic uh, pregame coverage is going to start on Fox Sports Florida. Make sure you tune into that if you're watching live on Twitch. Uh, obviously, we're going to be watching that game at 3.30. Once again, make sure you check out the sixmanshow.com backslash Beat the Heat if you want to come to that game with us on February 1st in the new year. Uh, and also check out the sixmanshow.com backslash shop. Check out some of our original t-shirt and hat designs. Purchase some of that. goes a long way. If you guys have the time, if you're able to go to iTunes, leave a rating and review for the podcast. That also uh, helps us out hugely as well. Any way that you can help the show. We really, really appreciate that. If you guys ever have any questions, if you want us to answer your questions live on the show, make sure you send those to us either on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, any of that good stuff. Or you can always tune in to the live show here on Twitch to check us out, hang out, watch the show live. Uh, any feedback, any comments, any questions that you have, you guys can always add that as well. So really appreciate you guys listening to the show this week. I'm going to grab something to eat. I'm going to go sit my butt in front of the TV, and I'm going to watch our Orlando Magic. Hopefully they should beat the New Orleans Pelicans and we can get back in the win column. The good thing about uh, this losing streak that we've gone on, not really anything good about a losing streak, but the Orlando Magic are still eighth in the Eastern Conference right now. As far as the standings go, if the playoffs were to start today, we would be uh, in the playoffs. The bad news is that we would play the Milwaukee Bucks, who have kicked our butts both times we've played them so far this season. But we are just half a game up on the Charlotte Hornets and the Detroit Pistons. So uh, both of those teams have been playing a little bit better as of late. Uh, and, yeah, so the Orlando Magic just really needs to, to get back on track, get back in the win column, start to separate themselves. They're only two games back of the seventh seed, so it'll be nice to see them uh, pick up some, uh, you know, some traction and, uh, you know, just maybe get into that sixth or seventh slot, maybe even that fifth slot. Home court advantage would be amazing, um, but uh, just given the way the season has played out so far, that's definitely going to be tough. Right now we're about six and a half games back of the Celtics, uh, who are in that fourth seed right now. But it's a long season. If the Magic start to get on a roll, if they start playing up to the level that we know they're capable of, uh, like they did the last few months of the season, the sky is really the limit with this team. So uh, that's going to be it for today's show. Really appreciate all of you guys tuning in on Twitch. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Anybody that checks out the show uh, week in and week out, uh, whether you have good things to say about the show, we re really appreciate that. But if you have some not nice things to say, uh, still appreciate you listening to the show. Appreciate everybody's 
uh, feedback, always trying to improve the show, make it more entertaining, uh, more informational as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time. See ya! Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!